Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. everybody. Hey. I am Carol Ann. I am Matt. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Boozed and Confused. Somehow we keep coming back. With we episodes, keep coming back. Despite the haters. <laughs> Thumbs down. Um, yeah. Welcome back to another week. We're actually recording on a Sunday, so it's ready for Monday. Uh, yeah. And today's a doozy. It is a very interesting topic. But before we get into today's topic, we have a couple housekeeping items. Ooh, I know these. (laughs) We're going to try to get through today's episode in one take. The executive producer is in bed, um, but she's going through a sleep regression. Didn't the book say to not call it a regression? regression? Yeah, it sounds too negative. You can't (laughs) put negative thoughts. (laughs) in the baby's head okay well it's negative in my head when we're waking up every two hours um okay so uh the first housekeeping item is if you uh are on social media and you want to hang out with us and send us some stuff uh you can find us on facebook instagram twitter and youtube um i'm a little behind on uploading the episodes to youtube uh so if you are listening on YouTube, you probably won't hear this for maybe like a few days or so, but I'm working on it. Um, Let's see. And if uh, social media isn't really your thing and you still want to reach out to us, you can reach us at boostandconfusedpodcast at gmail.com and would love to read your emails. Um, We usually just get everything through DMs on Instagram though, so that's fine. Emails for boomers apparently <laughs> that's fine um the next item is if you like this the pod and you want to support us the best way that you could do that is by leaving us a review on whatever platform that you listen on um if you want to follow and subscribe that also helps anything helps um it really does just help any algorithm and it's also just like a nice thing to do as long as you're not telling us to eat shit which if you did, I we would w- think about it twice. We would just laugh at it on the pod. <laughs> oh, I would take it very seriously. I would, I would contemplate trying it. <laughs> so, so um, that is really the best thing that you could do for us and any podcast that you listen to, except maybe like Joe Rogan's. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Although you can't really uh, leave reviews on Spotify, and I think he's a Spotify exclusive now. But you definitely have uh, Joe Rogan experience clips on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and I would love to read the comments. Oh, they're very positive. I'm. Oh, I'm sure. No one says it's like it's a circle jerk. sitting at a uh, lunch table full of children. <laughs> the kids' lunch table. Yeah. No, that's fine. Um, let's see. The last item. What are you drinking? I'm I'm just drinking water because 
We had an Oktoberfest last night. I don't... Okay, so just for the record, um, yes, Oktoberfest happened yesterday. Um, I had Steins. Yeah, Steins were had. Um, but I did not overextend myself. Um, I feel fine. I just... Yeah, I'm drinking water, and I have a Pepsi, um, and honestly, I can't even finish this. Yeah, it's. I think it's just a combination of us being old and also, um, like, a lot of sodium, and... Lots of wieners yeah. were had yesterday. <laughs> Lots of wieners. Um, and the last, last thing is, I don't know if I'm sick or if I have allergies, but my voice is not 100%, so bear with me. I appreciate it great thanks uh anything else before we get into it nothing just uh enjoying this crisp water Ooh, high quality h2o it's from the uh, refrigerator filter Ooh, <laughs> a delicacy in a uh, blender bottle with no shaky thing yeah no that's fine because it gets too noisy at the end it gets very noisy it's just annoying all right so today's episode Uh, You may have heard headlines recently that talked about Apple debating kicking Facebook off of the App Store because of concerns over human trafficking. You know, you are my news source for most things. So (laughs) when I heard this, I was like, okay. But also, I learned that uh, like a vast majority of my students don't touch Facebook. Yeah, it's for old people. It is for old people. It's for old people. I remember doing a career day where I was like, hey, do you guys want to build an ad on Facebook? And they're like, no, no, (laughs) I don't use Facebook, but like my grandma does. I'm like, cool. I'm I'm not even 30 yet. So great. Thanks. You want to do a TikTok with me? Um, so you would be more inclined to think that Facebook would be kicked off for privacy concerns or security concerns, but no, it is in fact human trafficking. And this year there's been a lot of news reports that have talked about Facebook's links to human trafficking. And I just personally have to say, I'm not shocked in the slightest. There's some like really fucked up weird groups on Facebook, some of which I've reported and then I get like a response back that says like oh they haven't violated any community guidelines which is bullshit um so some of these groups are like photos of like young girls dressed up almost in like beauty pageant outfits which that creeps me out in the first place yeah beauty pageants are for kids just not my thing South Park has a great take on all that yeah and it's I think I think Michael Jackson's ghost possesses Kyle's younger brother but the part that I'm not going to talk about is like what the judges are doing when the kids are on stage. Yeah. So all the group members like in these Facebook groups are like older dudes who like always comment stuff like how beautiful. And like you're telling me a bunch of like sick old dudes who get together to like share photos of young girls dressed up in like beauty pageant outfits um, and like saying how beautiful they are like isn't against community guidelines. I feel like that's a big red flag. Um, And I'm not even talking about girls who are like in their late teens, like a Miss Junior USA. Like these these kids are like under 12. So it's incredibly disturbing. 
So anyways, <laughs> um, in June 2021, the Human Trafficking Institute releases this 2020 report. And I'll link where you can access the report in the show notes. Um, there's, I'll give like a quick overview of what it entails. And the report itself is a little bit longer, um, but they also have like a, an executive summary that you could read. So the 2020 Federal Human Trafficking Report is an annual publication of the Human Trafficking Institute that provides comprehensive data from every federal criminal and civil human trafficking case that the United States courts handle each year. Um, For the first time, the 2020 report compiles data from every federal human trafficking prosecution since 2000, the year the Trafficking Victims Protection Act was passed into law. A team of seven attorneys and eight law school students reviewed every human trafficking case in the federal court system in 2020. Court documents, press releases, and news sources were all reviewed, and prosecutors across the country were consulted to gather a comprehensive set of data that includes type of trafficking case, profile of the tracker, uh, trafficker, sorry, details about the trafficking scheme, demographics of the victim, and district where the case took place, among others. So if you don't want to read the full report, Again, there's an executive summary that they give you, and um, the part that we will be talking about today is this little nugget from the executive summary. The internet is a major platform for traffickers to recruit sex trafficking victims and solicit buyers of commercial sex. In 2020, 59% of online victim recruitment in active sex trafficking cases occurred on Facebook. That's a very large percent. It's almost 60%. Of cases are from Facebook, which is wild to me. I have a couple of blurbs that I'm going to read from like different news sources. So this first one is from Ars Technica. After Facebook, the most common venues for online socialization of children victims were Instagram and Snapchat. Among adult victims, WeChat was the most common, followed by Facebook and then Instagram. Just under half the active criminal cases researched in the report involved children. Nearly all the victims were between the ages of 14 and 17. And then from CBS News, um, the majority of victims in active sex trafficking cases in 2020 were targeted with a fraudulent job offer, um, followed by feigned romance. Okay, so how do these interactions like typically go? How does it start? Um, has I, I was going to say, has anyone ever seen uh, How to Catch a Predator? But I realize it's just the two of us you mean <laughs> talking. Chris Hansen? Yes. Absolutely. It's yeah. one of my favorite pastimes is, uh, why don't you have a seat over there? Yeah. I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC. Yeah. But th- actually, didn't Chris Hansen do some stupid stuff He too? got caught, I think, like cheating on his wife or something, which I feel like cheating on your wife is bad, but it's not as bad as um, trying to groom like a 12-year-old kid. Wasn't it like lying about something uh, as a reporter? Like he was lying about oh, something? Oh, I don't know. I'd I have don't. to check it out after this. I'd have yeah. to fact check it. No, but Chris Hansen, absolutely. <sighs> so there, these traffickers look for a few things when they're trying to find their victim. So um, they look for things that victims like post publicly. So that would be like their interests, their hobbies. And then they use that to start making a connection with the victim and act like they like fully understand. So they're just trying to make like a personal connection and act like, like, hello, fellow kids. If someone tried to contact me on my Facebook and they looked at my interests, I don't think I've touched my interests since like 2010. Well, it's not like 
things that you necessarily like it's like things that you're posting about I don't post anything yeah okay well nobody's trying to groom you because you're a 32 year old man i'm sorry to tell you this look all right i'm sorry <laughs> i you're you're not the ideal person that they're going after in terms of demographics i'm special unless you're gonna catfish like a sex trafficking groomer I'd be up for some catfishing. God, I always thought Eve. I always thought that that would have been like one of the best jobs is like because, you know, I have such a baby face um, in How to Catch a Predator. They always had like an adult sh- like act as if it's the person that the guy was talking to. And, you know, she looks like she's like 15 or whatever. Um, and then she's like helping them catch these creeps. Oh, I always wanted to do that because I feel like I just have a baby face. But you know what? I didn't get carded for booze at aldi the other day so maybe well, that baby face is probably because the guy knows you if it's the guy who's always at aldi yeah but you know what i always love when they walk into the house and the the fake underage kid is like hey come on in i'm getting cookies yeah i'm gonna go upstairs and i'll be right back yeah. sit right over there yeah right near all the cameras um, okay, so anyway, so one of the most common things um, is that these posts from the victims that they look for express uh, emotions like fear and emptiness and disappointment. So that could look like the victim saying things like, nobody gets me. I'm so tired of being single. How do I look? My life sucks. My parents don't trust me. Um, and they also look for indicators of like substance abuse, runaway activity, um, destabilization within the home. So anything that could be like a, like an entry, like an easy entry point of, of a talking point to these victims. And so their responses to the victims usually look something like, I understand you. I love you. I think you're beautiful. Um, like I'll protect you. I'll make you successful. Um, and they try to like fill the, the gap or the void that this victim is feeling. So when they are grooming these victims, a lot of the times it involves like convincing them to send like a risque photo and then they use that photo to extort the victim. And that usually includes some sort of verbiage like, oh, you don't want your parents to find out like what we're talking about, do you? And then it kind of, you know, spirals from there. So there's this... Um, report that I read that talks about like all these anonymous experts that went on the record to talk about how social media is used uh, in a lot of these trafficking cases. And I linked it in the notes, but um, I'm going to read this blurb. So there's an anonymous expert that tells this story from Columbus, quote, "Um, the guy was reaching out to a lot of girls all day long. One girl who is actually in a youth home had access to the internet. He connects with her on social media and he drives all the way up from Columbus to Toledo, picks her up at her foster home and drives her back down to Columbus and then traffics her here in Columbus. Like, you know, 20, 30 years ago, he would have never been able to connect with her. But because of social media, that connection was immediately made in over a few hours. He found out where she was. She told him and said, please come get me. I want out of here. And what's crazy is like that was a very obvious case where the victim meets the trafficker, but 42% of victims never actually meet their trafficker in person, which is wild to me. I don't understand that. I'm just an old person though. Yeah. So Facebook has seen 
a few lawsuits from victims of human trafficking, which they initially fought back against, and they were claiming that Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act protected them, which pretty much means, like, if you guys remember a lot of hubbub, like, in the past year or so, people are saying, like, Section 230 needs an overhaul or, um, you know, we need, like, new regulations for these social media platforms because, like, how can they allow things like this to happen on the platforms with no consequences? And they say that Section 230, like, protects them from any sort of consequences. And they claim that basically, like, they're not responsible for what happens in a private conversation between two people on their site. So that's... That's their argument. But um, earlier this year in June, actually, the Texas Supreme Court had this ruling that Facebook must face lawsuits from three women who claim that they were forced into prostitution as teenagers by abusers who use social media um, to like ensnare them pretty much. And this is because of a Texas state law. Um, so that law allows legal action against those who benefit from sex trafficking. And they couldn't pursue claims under federal law that Facebook failed to warn minors and take measures to block sex trafficking activity on its site. So it's more of a state versus federal thing, um, Mm -hmm. which is why it's allowed to go through in Texas. So these lawsuits claim that Facebook has done absolutely nothing to protect users against the traffickers and remove them from the site because they benefit from having a larger audience pool for advertising, which I, to be honest... I believe it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think that Facebook got in trouble a while ago for, um, f- like, falsifying or, like, uh, you know, fudging the number of, like, the total audience that you could reach for Facebook advertising. Um, so I know that they did a little overhaul of that recently. Um, but what is interesting is that Facebook pretty often has partnerships with organizations to have like PSAs on their site. So you've probably seen a few about COVID in the past year, and it usually appears like in your timeline or at the top of your newsfeed. Um, sorry, not your timeline. It appears in your newsfeed or at the top of the newsfeed. Um, and they also have like some health insurance stuff towards like the end of the year when people are signing up for health insurance and need more info and these lawsuits claim that facebook could like pretty easily have psas in those placements um you know like signs to watch for how to protect yourself what the dangers are um but that they don't that's a very valid point i feel like okay yeah this is this is way beyond my realm of uh expertise i feel like this is way more this is why this is a you topic (laughs) i just uh really have an interest in um corporations fucking up so this is not the only way that traffickers are using facebook though unfortunately so back in 2019 the bbc reports that um human traffickers in the middle east were using facebook to arrange like the sales of its victims and there were like internal documents that revealed that facebook like knew that this was a huge trafficking problem and like didn't do anything about it yeah so bbc news um goes undercover and they find that domestic workers are being illegally bought and sold online in this like huge black market and some of the trade um had been carried out on instagram which is owned by facebook um but posts were promoted with like algorithm boosted hashtags which if you've noticed since they've definitely changed especially with like United States uh, politics, they've definitely changed the way that things come up in your algorithm now so that the hashtags can't be 
um abused in a way like to abuse the algorithm um and they negotiated these sales via like private messages and dms so i'm gonna read a bunch of stuff from the bbc article about this because i I don't want to try to summarize and then miss something Posing as a couple newly arrived in Kuwait, uh, the BBC Arabic undercover team spoke to 57 app users and visited more than a dozen people who were trying to sell them their domestic worker via a popular commodity app called For Sale. The sellers almost all advocated confiscating the women's passports, confining them to the house, denying them any time off, and giving them little or no access to a phone. The for sale app allowed you to filter by race with different price brackets clearly on offer according to category. Um, one listing said African worker, clean and smiley. Another said Nepalese who dares to ask for a day off. When speaking to the sellers, the undercover team frequently heard racist language. Uh, quote, Indians are the dirtiest, said one, uh, describing a woman being advertised. The team were urged by app users who acted as if they were the owners of these women to deny them other basic human rights, such as giving them a day or a minute or a second off. One man, a policeman looking to offload his worker, said, Trust me, she's very nice. She laughs and has a smiley face. Even if you keep her up till 5 a.m., she won't complain. Oh, my God. Isn't this terrible? Oh, my God. Isn't this like horrific so he told the bbc team how domestic workers were used as a commodity you will find someone buying a maid um, for 600 kd so about two thousand dollars and selling her on for 1000 kd so about 3300 us dollars he suggested how the bbc team should treat her the passport don't give it to her you're her sponsor why would you give her her passport in one case the bbc team was offered a 16 year old girl it has called her fato uh, to protect her real name so fato has been trafficked from guinea in west africa and has been employed as a domestic worker in kuwait for six months when the bbc discovered her uh, kuwait's law says that domestic workers must be over 21. so her seller sales pitch included the facts that she has uh, given her no time off her passport and phone had been taken away and she has not had uh, been allowed to leave her house uh, alone all of which are illegal in kuwait so it's, it's illegal but he's basically yes. like saying like this is how we're taking care yep. of this person so like when you buy this person you can do the same thing yep yeah exactly um so facebook said that it had banned this um hashtag that was in arabic and it translates to hashtag maids for transfer uh and that's how a lot of these posts were coming up so that's really fucked up right like that's that's pretty fucked up and i think what's like most disturbing is that as a company like you know that there's a problem and you just choose not to do anything. So earlier this week, it's reported that employees at Facebook internally raised concerns about the lack of action from Facebook, uh, which continued to enable like cartels and traffickers. And some of those groups included were ones like the issue that we just talked about um, in the Middle East or others were like organ selling and like porn. Um, And some were taken down, but there were still like dozens active on Facebook, which if you're an internal employee and you flag a group and you still can't get it removed, that's a problem. Like that's a, that's a big problem. Like you need a complete overhaul at that point. 
I'm going to read another blurb here that's from Newsweek. Um, Another document detailed a Facebook employee's investigation into a Mexican drug cartel that was active on the social media site. The employee, who was a former police officer, was able to identify the Jalisco uh, New Generation Cartel's network of accounts on both Facebook and Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. Uh, The employee wrote in the report that his team had found Facebook messages between cartel recruiters and potential recruits about being seriously beaten or killed by the cartel if they try to leave the training camp. The documents reportedly showed that the cartel was open about its criminal activity, with several pages on the social media site showing gold-plated guns and bloody crime scenes. The Wall Street Journal reported that even after the employee recommended Facebook increase its enforcement on the groups, documents showed that Facebook didn't completely remove the cartel from its site and instead said that it removed content tied to the group. Super helpful. Thanks, Facebook. That last part is a note by me. Um, Just nine days after the report from the employee, his team found a new Instagram account tied to the cartel, which included several violent posts. Many of the documents apparently showed employees raising concerns about how the social media giant was being used in developing countries, such as militant groups in Ethiopia using Facebook Facebook to promote violence against minority groups. And Brian Boland, who's a former Facebook VP, tells uh, the Wall Street Journal in this article um, that the social media site sees that there's like issues in developing countries uh, and they pretty much just say it's like the cost of doing business, which... Okay, I'll read a quote. Uh, there is very rarely, rarely a significant concerted effort to invest in fixing those areas, Bolin said. Um, and the reason that that is like so shocking to me, there's another episode that I've been wanting to write. It's like half written and I've stopped writing it because it's just like pretty, pretty fucked up. Um, but it's how Facebook plays a huge role in like a genocide basically in Myanmar that happened and it's it's been difficult to write so um to like know that Facebook plays like this huge role in horrible horrible parts of humanity and Facebook's like oh well it's the cost of doing business like that's pretty fucked up to me absolutely um actually I think I watched a Vice uh interview on YouTube and the person being interviewed was a, I think for maybe like two or three months, a Facebook moderator, like, uh, like a content moderator, not of like a specific thing, but you know, their job is to yeah, catch they, yeah, the yeah, bad yeah. stuff and the things that people just post. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the person who was being interviewed was like wearing uh, like a mask mm-hmm. so that they wouldn't be, identified easily it's insane and to think how facebook could be utilized in developing countries to pretty much do what you just talked about that's uh and they're like oh no big deal yeah i think the part that's like most disturbing is they were like oh we didn't have enough people on our staff who spoke the native language to like catch the stuff that was being you know, said that was like very clearly against guidelines. Like your cost of doing business at that point is investing in getting employees who do speak the language so that they can catch that kind of content instead of just being like, oh, oh, well, you're just so fucked up to me. Yeah. Um, when you talked about uh, human trafficking, I thought of the Wayfair or Wayfinder. Wayfair. Wayfair. Yeah. 
where you would uh, see like a like an ottoman for like fifteen hundred dollars. I mean, some of and it was, was like, person, right? Well, that whole thing was super interesting because it was like people had made connections between the names of these like outrageously priced everyday items and like people that had gone missing. So one would be like um, the Alyssa locker and it's like just a random locker that you could have in your house, but it was like $15,000 and people were like, Hmm, is that connected to this person named Alyssa, you know, Schmeagle missing from North Dakota? Not from, uh, like not from the shire no 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 no, north dakota (laughs) wow yeah um yeah the the older i get the more uh outlandish the internet seems to me yeah i mean it's it's crazy because you think about all the good things that the internet could be used for and like social media well not just memes, memes but like like i find it so cool that um like after terrible like natural disasters for example there are facebook groups that pop up of people who you know if like louisiana is hit by a hurricane people in texas are like hey we got you we can totally come and help and like we'll bring our boats like that's the stuff i feel like social media should be used for and like that's the stuff that i feel like you should prop up on your platform not um you know mates for transfer human trafficking yeah well, this one was definitely a you episode. Definitely a me episode, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it sounds like it's not going to get better. Probably not. I feel like, I don't know. I Every time that I'm like, okay, Facebook's going to get regulated at some point by the government, I always think of um, the, the uh, testimony that um, mark zuckerberg did in front of congress and the congressman was like is that the one where he's drinking the water yes like very very awkwardly um and the congressman is like okay well if you don't charge people to sign up how do you make money and then mark zuckerberg gets this like creepy smile and he's like senator we run ads i like had a chuckle at that and like obviously working in social media like it is very funny that like i don't know you have people in Congress who are like fucking 85 years old. <laughs> how <laughs> can I know. get a Facebook? <laughs> don't know how to use Facebook. I like, um, when, I like when the old people um, use the the status, right? You just, yeah, you, as their search bar. And it's like, uh, hot dog stand near me. <laughs> oh, you mean like my grandpa who had five Facebook accounts at one point because he didn't know how he kept opening them up? Yeah. Um so yeah, I don't know. That's that's all I have for today's episode. I don't have like any good news to follow it up with other than like maybe Facebook gets the living shit suit out of them. But even then, it's like probably just a drop in the bucket to the profit that they make. So yeah, because uh, was it? If it's free, we're the product, yes, right? Yes, exactly. That is exactly if it's it. It's free. We are the product. Yeah. It's people. Yeah. It's so, people. That's all I have for you today. Um, go look at some pictures of like puppies or something. Maybe we'll put a picture of the cats up on our Instagram as like a palate cleanser after this. But yeah, that's all we got. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for that. See you guys next week.
next week we talk about puppies. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the puppy mill industry. Oh my gosh. No. Bye. No. See you next week. <laughs> no. I refuse. All Good right. night. See you next Goodbye. time. Bye. <laughs>